In this episode, we talk with Coach Nafis Pickett of Northview High School in Georgia. Coach Pickett is the co-offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, recruiting coordinator for football, as well as an assistant track coach. Coach and I talk about his journey into coaching from walking on at Delaware State University to his various stops before arriving at Northview. We also talk about building relationships, earning your spot through special teams play, and more. Enjoy today's episode and make sure you follow Coach Pickett on Twitter at Coach underscore Pickett 4. Just a few housekeeping notes before we get into this episode. Remember to follow the show on Twitter, HWCM Podcast, and on Instagram, HWCM Podcast as well. If you're in the Dallas area and are looking for some fantastic custom cookies that look almost too good to eat, check out Texas Treaties. Podcast listeners, there's a special 10% off promo. Use the pod, use the code PODCAST at checkout. The link to order will be in the show notes. Are you trying to step up your menswear game? Then Etiquette Dawn is the best choice. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you looking like a sharp-dressed man. Check out the show notes for a link to the website. When you need a coffee that works as hard as you do, or as strong as your squat, bench, or deadlift is, then I suggest checking out Viking Coffee Company. Podcast listeners, use the code Coffee with Noonan for a 10% discount off on single purchases. Check out www.vikingcoffeeco.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hang With Coach Noonan podcast. Drink coffee, work hard. Now let's get into today's episode with Coach Nafis Pickett. Hanging out with my man, Nafis Pickett. Coach Pickett, man, thanks for checking in and uh, joining me on the podcast. For for those who don't know who you are, man, uh, give, give them a kind of a, a story about who you are. How did you get to where you're at right now? You're currently at Northview High School. Uh, you're in Loganville, Georgia. You're the co-OC, wide receiver, special teams coordinator, recruiting coordinator, track. Man, you got you got a lot of hats on. So 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 tell the people who you are and and you know how you got to where you're at. I appreciate you having me on tonight. Um, I've been in Georgia for nine years now. Um, born in Philadelphia, raised in Maryland. Uh, went to Delaware State University. Got my bachelor's in sports management. I was actually a walk-on at Delaware State University. Um, got put on partial scholarship my final year there. Uh, but going into my junior year, uh, stayed up in both summer sessions and pretty much just worked out and bust my butt and was able to get on special teams and became the special teams captain, finished the uh, season with nine tackles on kickoff, um, to this day right now, I still have a great relationship with my special teams coordinator. Um, he's met my family. He came down last year and watched me coach him, you know, for the first time. Um, and his, you know, he's been a, a very inspirational uh, leader in me, um, mentor, and I, I love Coach Hall to death. Um, when I first moved to Georgia, I uh, started at Duluth High School, was the running backs coach. Um, and then I, going into my second year, uh, I went, I became the wide receiver coach, uh, did four years there. Um, now the receiver that is at East Tennessee state, Will Huzzy, he's now the second all-time leading receiver there. But before he left, he was the all-time leading receiver at Duluth high school. 
Um, he's like I said, he's at East Tennessee State now. Um, he was their leading receiver this year as a sophomore um, and led them to the SOCON championship um, and to the quarterfinals against North Dakota State in the FCF playoffs. Um, so I'm looking forward to him having a, a, a great junior year. Um, after I left uh, Duluth, I went off to uh, Lanier High School, did two years there. My first year there, we went to state semifinals, um, lost to eventual state champ Lee County. Um, and then my second year, we went to the second round of the playoffs. Um, and I just learned so much from that coaching staff and those players. Um, had the opportunity to coach uh, two Power Five kids and uh, Zach Calzada, um, who was at Texas A&M, he's now at Auburn, and uh, outside linebacker uh, Philip Webb, he's at LSU. Also had the privilege of uh, coaching Derek Brown, defensive tackle uh, at Carolina. Had the opportunity of coaching his younger brother Cam Brown, played linebacker, who's also at Auburn. Um, so just just was around. Uh, Great men, great kids, um, and being in a winning program, it, j it just helped me elevate in, in my coaching career. Um, after that, um, I went off to a single A school called Green County, learned some stuff down there. And then um, the head coach that's at Northview now, I actually coached with him at Duluth when he was the offensive coordinator and I was the wide receiver coach. Me and him coached for three years. Um, he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come on board and, and, and help him call plays. Um, he knows that I eventually wanted to be an offensive coordinator. Um, so he gave me the opportunity to be the co-OC. Um, and it is, it's been a great situation for me. Um, wasn't a good season for us last year, but new, new coaching staff. Um, so we're just trying to get in here and get these kids, you know, in the weight room and, and just build, build it the right way. And I'm just, I'm blessed to be in a position that I am right now. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a newlywed. I got married in June of 2021. I have a two-year-old son, and me and my wife are expecting in April with our second baby boy. That's awesome to to hear that story. And and uh, you know, I followed you on Twitter, and you know, I don't even know the first interaction we had, but it's just been uh, you know one after the other. You know, we be able to bounce ideas off of each other, always speaking uh, blessings onto each other, man. I, I sincerely appreciate uh, everything that you're doing for the game of football. I think you're doing it the right way. Uh, you are somebody that loves kids and loves helping to make them better people, not just better athletes. Uh, but I got to ask why, why that, that side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, when the defensive side is the side that wins championships as shown in this most recent national championship <laughs> <laughs> um growing up um i actually playing youth ball i was one of the biggest kids so i started on the offensive line um i also did play defense um but as i got older um my pastor um his son was on my youth team and he went to my dad and told my dad that I had probably the softest hands on the football team and that I need to be tried at wide receiver. And they tried me there and I just fell in love with it. And the rest is history. I mean, I, I was growing up, I was truthfully, I'm no bigger than about five, seven right now. I'm probably about 190 pounds, but as a kid, 
I was probably no more than 150 and I was always the smallest and always told that I wasn't, you know, I was too small to play high school ball. I was too, too small to play college ball. And I just used that as motivation um, that I, I could do anything that I want to do. And, and that's what I tell my kids now, like, don't let nobody stop you from doing what you want to do. You got to take a chance on yourself. And a lot of people told me that, you know, like I said, I was too small to play college ball, but I took a chance on myself and, and went ahead and walked on at Dale State. And I, I didn't play on the offensive side of the football because, you know, they had the scholarship guys in front of me. But to take a chance on myself and be able to, you know, spend two summer sessions up there, not on scholarship, and for, you know, the, the, the special teams coordinator to see something in me, um, that that's the that's that's a blessing. So I, I that's what I tell kids nowadays. You got to take a chance on yourself. So that, that that's why I love the offensive side of the ball. Oh, I got you, man. It's it's a critical component, uh, you know. And then you you coach, you know, the other third of the ball that has the least amount of total plays, you know, in comparison to offensive defense, but potentially has the most impactful plays given that every single one has a chance to change the course and tide of the game. So, you know, you as, as, as somebody taking a chance on yourself and getting in on the special team side, how does that work when you're trying to coach these kids about the importance of special teams? You know, because every single coach in America and across the world that coaches football understands that special teams is important but we understand that getting the kids to buy in is important but you know as well as I do getting high school kids to buy into being on special teams and if that's their main role embracing that role you know uh you know I both have been at a variety of different schools where you've had to use your top guys to do to cover special teams but you also know you want to give them breaks you know, on special teams so that they're not gassed for offense or defense or both of those. So how do you work possibly your story and what you did for yourself to those, to these kids and the ones that you've coached in other spots? I pretty much, I I tell them, if you have the, the ambitions of playing college football, that's the way for you, one, to get noticed, but two, for you to get on the bus. Um, because as we both know, they are, when you to to make that travel team, you got to be on the two deep. Um, so if you wanna if you wanna get noticed, get get seen, you got to get on special teams. And and I I go back and I use stories like Terrell Davis, and I tell them go watch him. He was the sixth running back on the depth chart, but he went down on kickoff a couple times and made plays. And the coaches like who was that? He wound up becoming one of the best running backs of all time in the NFL. Um, and, and then I use I use Alabama. I mean, you go look at Alabama, all of their skill positions are pretty much on kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return. So I'm like, if these guys at the highest level can do it, it shouldn't be no excuse for why, why these why our kids at the, at the high school level don't want to do it. And and if if this is something that you want to do to get to the next level and you have the ambitions of playing at a division one or a division two school, or even a D three, you need to play special teams. No doubt. Do you still kind of carry that 
I'll call it a chip on your shoulder, but you know, as as you come up in the coaching ranks, do you feel like you still coach like you have something to prove that people still doubt you? How does that factor into the decisions you've made to go to the schools that you've gone to, but then also put forth uh you know your your body of work while you're there? Um, yes and no. I, I'm pretty sure that I do still have people that are doubting me. I, do I know of it? I don't. Um, but I, I wake up with the ambition of, I have a little son now that is looking up to me. So I want to show him the right way. And I know that these kids, once you build relationships with them, they look at you a certain way. Um, so I feel like I do still have something to prove um, because there are some things that I still want to check off my list. And I know that I can get better each and every single day. As a coach, you're always learning and you're always growing. I, I don't know everything as a wide receiver coach. I don't ever want to say that I'm a, a wide receiver coach guru because I'm not. I'm still learning. Um, but the things that I do know, I, I feel very confident in it and um, so yes, I, I still feel as though sometimes I still have things to prove. As far as a OC, you know, and, and growing into that role and, and taking more ownership uh, down the line in the offense, you know, what is your preferred offense? Like if it was just if it was just up to you, how you know what kind of offense would you run and how would you structure, you know, kind of your staff in, in theory, not necessarily people per se, but like, you know, what is it that you would look for in terms of assembling a staff to run an offense that you want to run? Uh, first and foremost, I'm, I think I consider myself a spread, spread air raid guy. Um, and as far as assembling a staff, um, First, I, the, to me, the most main posi important position is the offensive line. So I would want somebody that has had a, a good, good resume and, and knows and understands that the, that you know that's very important. Um, next would you know be the quarterback position. Somebody that can really coach um, the quarterback the way that I want him to be coached, but also build that relationship with him on a personal level. Um, and I, I think that just probably goes as far as the, the running backs as well. Um, for me, I'm not a big X and O guy. I, I, I feel as though not even just me, but any coach can do that. Uh, to, to really get the best out of your players is building relationships with them and knowing exactly what type of young man that they are. Um, as you know, I'm sure you might deal with it at your school, a lot of these kids go through a lot of things on a daily day basis. And some of them don't really have father figures in their lives. So for me, build, uh, building an offensive staff, first and foremost, I want to know that you're, you're, you're a family-oriented guy and that you're going to really be here and invested in these kids and not just trying to pad your stats or, or pad your resume up and, and make it look good. Are, are you really invested in our kids and and helping them to become young men off of the football field. I think those that's those are very 
big and important qualities. And like you said, I, I think we can go, we can all kind of get hung up on X's and O's from time to time, you know, and, and things are always going to look better potentially on the chalkboard, on the whiteboard, uh, but it always comes down to Jimmy's and Joe's and, and who's got the better guys uh, and whose guys perform better in the most important and critical moments of football games. So <clears throat> as you have progressed in your career and you've studied different offenses and, you know, you're, you're an, an air raid guy, what is it about the air raid that has attracted you compared to, let's say, like, you know, wing T or, uh, you know, power eye or, or some of those other offensive styles? Um, I would say just being in the air raid when I was in college and how you can get your athletes to football in space. Um, now, actually, and my head coach, he's, you know, he's an air raid guy, so I learned some things from him. But because of the kids that we have at Northview, we're kind of going to like a, a pistol wing T type of offense. And I'm really not a wing T type of guy. I never really liked the wing T offense, but being, I think, in a pistol wing T, um, and we're kind of going to kind of go to going to go to like a run and shoot type of offense. Um, so just the way that the, the run and shoot is mixed with the air raid, um, you know, me being a receiver, I love to I love to throw the ball around the football field. Um, but I, I do want to have a, you know, be able to feed my running back and let him, you know, do his thing. Um, but just being able to, to throw the football around and just let those athletes that you have make your quarterback and, and make, you know, everybody look good. So I, I think that's what really makes me an air raid guy. I got you. I think it's important that you bring up about the fact that you understand that where you're at and the kids that you have dictate that you need to adapt to them. I think sometimes, you know, we, we get hung up on the quote unquote you know, systems and, and concepts that we tend to be very comfortable with, but that doesn't mean that our kids can actually execute those things and, and just understanding your personnel and what they can do best, I think is, those are signs of a, of a good coach. And, and I'm sure you would agree with that is that, you know, we got to be able to, able to adapt. And, and that, it may be from year to year and not even just uh, school to school. Absolutely. So outside of becoming, you know, just a more full-time OC, you know, what are some other aspirations that you have? And, you know, what are some things that kind of you are taking note of as you've gone through this, this coaching climb journey? I've been going back and forth with, <clears throat> if I want to be a head coach, um, I see the pros and the cons to it. It's a lot um, that you have to deal with. Um, but if you assemble the right staff, I think it makes it a lot easier. Um, but for me, I yes, we set goals. Um, but what I do is I pray about my goals and I just, I follow God. And if if it's the time and his time, and if he, if, you know, the next couple of years, if he feels as though I'm ready, 
to be a head coach, then I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, apply if I, you know, I see a job that's apply worthy. Um, but for the most part, um, I'm happy being where I'm at because I'm, I'm still learning. Um, you know, last year being, being the first year of, of calling the offense with the, uh, the O-line coach, I mean, he pretty much calls the run game. I call the pass game. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of learning the run game um, because to be a full-blown offensive coordinator, you have to know the run game. Um, and that was my weak point. Um, last couple of years was, was, was O-line play. Um, like I said, just being a wide receiver guy, I was just worried about, you know, DBs and, and, and stuff like that and how to beat them. But as I've grown, I, I know that, you know, O-line play is very, very important. Um, so yeah, I, I, I feel as though I, I do want to be a head coach. And like I said, I, when the time is right, when God tells me it's time for me to go ahead and do it, then I, I'm going to go ahead and make that jump. Speaking of, of your faith, how much, or how does that get demonstrated to, and talked about with your players, um, compared to, um, you know, just, I guess, just not, you know, I, some, some guys are, are open about everything and some guys understand that, you know, it, it you just kind of treat it like an onion and you only give a little bit at a time and you peel back the layers. Uh, and every school is, is different. Um, you know, religion can be a very uh, touchy subject depending on where you're at and, and, and the people around you and how they feel about it. And um, unfortunately, sometimes even the best intentions can be twisted by outsiders that don't know the situation. So how do you go about your day-to-day -day life and interactions with these, particularly with these young men, but even with guys on staff and people in the school building um, to where you can lay your head down at night and say, I'm still following the right path. I am still doing my best to be a disciple, uh, even through uh, these tough times uh, and, you know, overcoming temptation and whatnot. Uh, it goes back to, to building a relationship and knowing your kids. Um, me being a, you know, first year at a new school, um, I'm still somewhat learning things about our, our, our kids. Um, so just continue building that relationship with them. Um, and then once I, you know, I feel as though, you know, we're, we're at a certain point, I'll slowly get into it. Um, they all know that, you know, God is the head of my life. Um, and, and without him, I wouldn't be where, where I am today. Um, and I don't try to force or make it you know, like I'm pushing them to, to go that route. If that's something that they believe in or they don't believe in, you know, that that's on them. But I let them know that, you know, I believe in God and I am where I am because of him. And I can show you the way and how to get there so that you can become a better man. And what about being a, a father um, and, and a newlywed as well? How does that, how has that kind of brought, been brought into the fold? I don't know if you've been 
I don't know if you've taken your your current child up to the field house or anything yet, but you know, uh, I've been in this this deal for for a little bit, and you know, for for me, it's it was more rare the couple of spots that I was at where there were really no everybody was either really young or really old on staff. So there was, there wasn't very many kids to come around um, because they were either grown or they were infants. Whereas like the school that I'm at right now, man, we got everybody's kids up there and it's, and it's great. And I love it. And, and I think the staff loves it. And, you know, I love watching them just play in the weight room after school while we're working out and they're, using the plyo boxes and building forts and doing American Ninja Warrior stuff and things that you wish you could do. Uh, but you know, if you try one move, you're, you're going to the hospital with broken <laughs> bones and torn ligaments. But you know, I, what is it for you and that, you know, you brought up about the kids that were around many have rough home lives and many have absentee fathers, um, or just a lack of a strong male influence and role model that's a positive one. So what has that been able to be like to really relate and say, you know, here's my child. Am I behaving the way that I would want a coach to raise, you know, and be around my child? Because we're raising these kids. Let's, let's be honest. And, and, and it takes a village. So no, no slight to anybody's parents, but you know, we spend a lot of time with these kids. And so we, we are part of the raising of them. Um, It all started when uh, I was at Lanier. Um, When we had Amari, Uh, my wife, she's a huge Alabama fan. So she loves football. Um, And she, wants to be at every single game, especially away games. She just loves to support me. Um, so when we had our, when we had Amari, um, she was bringing him to the games. And after the games, I was taking pictures with, you know, my, my wide receivers and they were always asking, well, where's little man that we want to get him in the picture as well too. Um, so he was getting in those pictures, um, and I'm trying to now at the school that I'm at, I'm trying to get that same type of family atmosphere um, because the the coaches' wives or families would sit um, on the field behind the goalposts, behind in, in the back of the end zone. So I'm trying to be able to do that here at Northview now. Um, but I've I've brought my son around the coaching staff here at Northview, and and he's he's had a ball. Um, He's pretty, he's probably, he is the youngest uh, out of all of them. Uh, the rest of them are, are pretty much older, um, but the, it is definitely family oriented. Um, and he, he comes around, even with the training group that I'm a part of, um, Paz, um, I've brought him to, you know, a couple of times around there. And, and the, the guys that are training have loved up on him. All of the, the coaches have loved up on him. So Anywhere I take him, um, he, he gets loved up on and he just loves being out there and running around. And it just makes me feel good to see him running around and having a ball. And that's awesome. And, it, and it's great that he loves it. Um, you know, I, I, I know he's young and I know you got another one on the way. And I know you're always going to revert to whatever God's plans are, but 
you know, selfishly, where, 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 what sport do you want them to, to fall in love with? And, and football. And <laughs> <laughs> but and, and and I've told I've told everybody I'm, and I think this is me being a coach because I've I've seen it. I'm not going to be one of those parents where. I'm going to force my kid to play football because I, I've, I've, like I said, I've gone into my 10th year of coaching and I've coached kids where they just dreaded being out there because their parents have forced them to be out there. So yes, of course I want him to play football, but if he doesn't choose that route, I'm still going to support him and be at every single game or whatever he does, because at the end of the day, as a kid, you want to be able to turn around and understand and just see your, your your dad and your mom there supporting you. And I know when I was playing, um, I, I always looked up in the stands right before kickoff, and, and it made me feel good just to see my parents there. So, whatever my sons want to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna support them 150. percent But if, if if they don't choose to play football, I might be a little upset, but I'll get over it. But I'm gonna support them whatever they want to do. Yeah, no, I love it, man. Uh, the one last thing I wanted to touch on, and you, you brought it up about um, the training group you're a part of, kind of talk about that, talk about what y'all do and, and what sets you guys apart from, you know, other training, training groups and programs that are out there. Um, I was introduced to the, uh, the head guy, Andre Powell, um, of one of my mentors, uh, Terrence Banks. Um, he's a head football coach at uh, Green County High School now. Um, and I just went and watched uh, Dre in his training session one time. I just loved how he he gets after it. Um, in season, um, he, he scales it back a little bit because, you know, he wants to take a lighter load on the kids. But off season, uh, we're doing training circuits. Um, we're doing individual work. Uh, then we go ahead and get into one-on-ones and semi-seven-on-sevens. Um, like this weekend, we're going to Panama City, Florida, uh, leaving tomorrow to go be in the seven-on-seven tournament. We are not a seven-on-seven group. We are a training for facility or training group that participates in seven-on-seven. Um, and I think what, what puts us apart from any other training group, uh, just how we build relationships with the kids um, and how majority of the kids who are in college right now are playing on, on the highest level and are, are, are producing. Um, we have a young man um, by the name of Brian Branch, um, number 14. He's at the University of Alabama, played as a true freshman. Um, he's a sophomore now. He's pretty much, uh, as Nick Saban says, he's one of the smartest DBs that they have. He's played every position in the secondary. Um, and he was a part of the class of 2020. And in that class, we sent believe it was 22 kids went division one. Um, so as far as training, I mean, we train quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, DBs, linebackers, offensive line, D line. Um, so we, we just get after it. And, and the training group is, is pretty much all kids in the, in the uh, area of Atlanta. Um, so we get them from all over, um, but it's, it's a family oriented group. Um, it's not big. Uh, we do two, two training sessions on every Sunday. Um, no more than 25 kids um, because we want to get these kids quality reps. I mean, if you have a training group of kids of, of 100, 100, 150, those kids are not really getting quality reps. And we, like I said, we get it in for two hours. 
in each group and they're getting quality reps. I mean, they, they go home and we've heard from parents where they go home and they go home and go to sleep because they, they got quality work in. Um, so like I said, it's a small family oriented group. And, and, and I think what really sets it apart is the national exposure that they get um, for the training. I mean, for the seven on seven, um, we're sponsored by shock doctor. Um, and we just, we go all over. Um, like I said, this weekend, we're going to Florida next month in February. We're going to Houston um, in March. We're going to Louisville, April. They're going, we're going to Phoenix and in May we're going to Southern California. Awesome, man. Well, if, if people in the area don't already know or if other people listening uh, kind of wanted to find out more about uh, PASS, where would they go to find that information out? Uh, they can go on, uh, if you want to follow it, it's uh, PASS Training Academy. Uh, that's the head guy, Dre. Uh, but if you go on my Twitter, um, I have a link in my bio that has all of uh, our website up there. And you can just click on that that Pass Trainer Academy link in my Twitter bio, um, and it 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 take you to the website and it brings up all of the past alums that we have and just gives you a breakdown of what we do. And what's the Twitter Twitter handle for for the fault for those that are listening that want to link up with you and, and talk about wide receiver play or anything else? My my Twitter handle is Coach underscore Picket four. There you go, you ladies and gentlemen. Coach is worth the follow, uh, not just for uh, football stuff, but but uh, many other things. Faith based um, does a great job of promoting the game, promoting kids, promoting coaches. Uh, I encourage you to follow him. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be following your journey, man. I wish you nothing but the best, and appreciate your time. And I look forward to uh, continuing to see you grow and and uh you know blessings to to you and the family and uh the new baby on the way and and that it's a healthy baby appreciate it man thank you so much and i definitely appreciate you having me blessings to you and your family we definitely gonna link up again keep keep this journey going yes sir